Listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, uh, next uh, period of time, half hour, paid for by the committee to elect John Brian, mayor of the city of Winsocket. John, uh, welcome to our microphones. This is going to be an easy interview for me. You know why? Why, Roger? Because Good morning, I, Roger. Why is it going to be an easy interview? For you? I think I'm going to be able to just say, uh, here's John Brian, and I think, uh, I think you have. A multitude of topics that you would like to talk about for the next half hour. But if you run short of time, I'll be right here. No, thank with, you. With a pertinent question. I'm sure you can throw a good a good uh, beach ball over home plate. Where do you want to start today, John? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to start. I, I'm, I'm going to start. It, that's a good question. And um, by the way, that wasn't a setup. You actually asked me an awesome question and you didn't realize it. Because uh, good morning, everyone, and thank you for being here this morning it really is nice I, I had to buy some extra time because there is uh, there's so much uh, to wade through this morning um quite frankly and, and i needed to have a, a few extra minutes so that's why we're we have a little extra time this morning i want to go back to the beginning that's where i'd like to start roger and i want to go back to march 12th at my campaign headquarters when i kicked off my announcement that i was going to run for mayor and um I said then, and I said on this show, uh, that it was going to get to this point, and I had hoped it wouldn't get to this point, but it has. So let me go back to my comments of March 12th. I vow to bring the three core values of leadership, vision, and integrity to the campaign trail over the next several months. If history is our guide, it's going to get ugly at times, but not by me. My campaign will stick to these core values as our guideposts. We will not waver and we will be resolute. And I believe in that, and I have believed in that, and I am so proud of the campaign that we have run over the course of the summer and, and this early fall. And the people that are part of this campaign, the people that make up this campaign, the most dedicated, most good-spirited, most positive energy volunteers, some of the best people in this community are involved in this campaign. And that's why I know we're going to win. We're going to win because when you have this much goodness, this much positivity behind you, you simply can't lose. And I believe that wholeheartedly. You know, Roger, I was here in one of my first radio appearances and when we started doing these Friday shows. And I said, don't worry, uh, this will come out. Uh, this was... Uh, in 2016 uh, and this, you know, they tried this in 2016 and they're going to try it again. So let me just uh, kind of go first and say, this is what they're going to say. And I talked about my bankruptcy and what happened and how it was tried in 2016. And I read a a letter that I've, I've uh, also since posted on Facebook. So please go to my Facebook page. If, if you have Facebook, um, and I talked about it then because I knew it was going to come. And we're going to get into that in a few moments. Uh, but I needed to buy some extra time this morning because there's just so much BS and so many lies coming from the current mayor that I am no longer able to sit back and just take it and try to uh, get through this campaign in such a way that 
keeps everything above board. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say the things I'm going to say this morning, not because I want to, but because I have to. I'm saying these things because we are, and I think anyone that's listening to this broadcast knows, at the lowest point of politics in the city of Woonsocket that I have ever witnessed. Uh, I think I started really paying attention by the time I was seven or eight years old. And I've always loved uh, being involved and knowing what's going on. I mean, I, I, there was a time I, I voted for a friend in the Woonsocket School Committee primary by absentee ballot in New York, from New York City. Um, so I've always been involved in this city. But the city is sick. The city is sick with this illness of deceit and this illness of corruption and this illness of intimidation. And it all goes back to one person, and that's the current mayor. It's the common denominator. How did we get here? We've never had campaigns like this. We've never subscribed to the politics of personal destruction quite like this. And I think it's shameful because my entire campaign has been about me and about what can I bring to the table? What are my skills? What are my abilities? What are my qualities? Do you think that the core values of leadership, vision, and integrity are crucial to revive City Hall into what it can be and not what it is now? And I think that that's such a great message. And I think that had the current mayor been able to have the security in herself to be able to speak about the things that she's accomplished without lying about them uh, or lying about me, it would have been a much different campaign. But here we are. Uh, when you're dealing with someone that's terribly insecure, terribly self-conscious, and also um, someone who is incapable of telling the truth, you find yourself where we are today. So I want to go to, I'm going to spend very little time on this garbage ad that is in the Valley Breeze. And the Valley Breeze has this ad. And I, and I can honestly say that I cannot recall a time since the Valley Breeze has been published that there has been a negative ad printed in the local newspaper uh, for a local political race. I, I, I cannot recall a time when such an ad has ever been printed. And um, you look at the quality of the ad and, and what it is, and it's, it's, it's shameful. But it's also full of lies, and you have to know that. I want the people of Woonsocket to know that you're being lied to. And um, I think that's so important because, you know, just to, to lay the foundation, as they say in the courtroom. When my late father, Albert, was still allies with the current mayor, he said to me one day, he said, John, it's frightening. She lies. She lies about everything. She lies about things she doesn't even have, she has to lie about. And that concerns me. And that was very early on. And that hasn't changed. So you look at this ad in the Valley Breeze. And it says, the things that I've done as a city council member. And you go to road repaving and you see I've cut this and I've cut that. Um, when you transfer money from one account to the senior center 
because you're going to use CDBG for road repaving. That's not a cut. What this is is a lie. When you have a budget presented to you by the executive branch, you as the city council have to do your job to look at that budget, to amend that budget, to set that budget for the year. That's the that's the 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 role that the legislative plays, and that's what we did. So I didn't cut anything. We set the budget. If any executive branch asked the legislative branch for a million dollars in Omaha frozen steaks, and the legislative branch decides, well, there's no need for a million dollars worth of Omaha frozen steaks. We're going to give you $100,000 of Omaha steaks instead because that's what we can afford. That's not cutting. That's setting the budget. That's doing what's right for the taxpayers. What I think is so glaring is in the next part where it says blight. Voted to cut the blight removal budget by $190,000. Do you know what that's for? Good listeners. That was for the tearing down of the incinerator. There was a proposal to tear down the incinerator, which was unfunded. It had a zero line item in the budget. We took 190 from the Blight Fund as a city council and used it to tear down the incinerator. So I didn't cut Blight. We removed Blight with that. We removed the incinerator. It's a lie. Voted to cut the Blight removal budget, voted to cut it again. Those are transfers to contingency. Basically, the city council is going to control the funds. That's what its role is. And when you need more money for something, you come back to the city council. The taxpayer funds are not a piggy bank. Voted against the proposal lowering residential tax rate. This is false. When a budget is presented, we set the rate. It's interesting to note, though, good listeners, that this same person, the current mayor, voted against and I should say vetoed budgets that we passed that would have given you lower tax rates. But she wanted to spend about a million dollars more than the city council thought fit. So she vetoed those budgets. She cost you money, not me. Again, she's lying. Did not support $300,000 in grant funds for Cass Park. You're being lied to. You're being lied to because... That was a request for authorization to apply for a grant, a grant that they already applied for. We chastised N. David Boulay at that meeting saying, we are the legislative. You're coming to us for permission to do something you've already done. And that's not the role of government. So we voted no on that proposal to give them authorization because they already submitted the grant. But it was the point that there's a process and the process matters. So enough of this garbage ad. But I'm going to say to you that you're being lied to. You're being lied to to get votes because the thought is that you're not smart enough to know the truth. And if enough lies can be told to you so that a few votes can be picked up here. And when it's told that I'm going to shut down Rise Merrill Academy, which is a lie, and a few votes can be picked up there. And if a few lies can be told at a debate about my job history, then a few votes can be picked up there. But I want to say to anyone that's listening to this this morning, how does it feel knowing you're being lied to, that you're being treated 
like you're not smart enough to know the difference. Why would you want a leader, a mayor, that treats you that way? You wonder why the city is the way that it is. Why we can't get real investment into this city. Who's going to deal with this person? I guess my question is, even to the people who are supporters of the current mayor out there, you're being lied to. And I don't know why you tolerate it. I want to go to something that was put out yesterday in the mail. And that was regarding uh, something I've not shied away from. I've not shied away from uh, the fact that I declared bankruptcy. I did that uh, in uh, early 2014. And uh, it was discharged at the beginning of 2015. Um, and I did so because I went through a very harrowing divorce. Uh, there was a lot of assets uh, there uh, because of a business, because of a home. And um, one detail that's important to know is that uh, my, my ex-wife had declared bankruptcy well before I ever had to. And there's the theory of joint and several liability. And what that means is, is that joint and several liability means you're either responsible for debt together or singularly. And when she did that, I had to haul all the freight by myself. And I tried to do that. I tried to do that uh, notwithstanding that I was a single dad, two young kids, uh, at a new phase in my life. And I did everything I could to... Uh, to stay afloat and like so many other people in this community and so many other people around this country I uh, I, I took advantage of of a legal uh, mechanism that allowed me to start my life over and uh, and and that is being looked at in a mailer that was sent out yesterday as though somehow I'm a less than person and I look at myself and I look at who I am today and where I am and what I've done since then and my service on the city council and my service to this community and, and who I am as a, as a friend and, and as a father and as a husband. And I think that those are the qualities that are so important. I talked about a letter to the editor that went into the Valley Breeze back in 2016 and I won't read it again, but I did quote Rocky Balboa, one of my favorite characters in the world. And Rocky said, you, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life, but it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. And frankly, I've won. Where I am today, the happiness that I have in my heart, the happiness that I bring to the people around me each and every day and, 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 and they to me is, uh, that's priceless. And so um, we're at a low point in politics and that's why you received what you did in your mailbox yesterday. But um, the important part to know is that this current mayor does what she frequently does. She lies and has a complete... Uh, inability to tell the truth the reality is is that she almost forced the city into bankruptcy by leading the charge to kill the supplemental tax in 2012 and Bob Phillips rep Bob Phillips 
will back me on that. I know he will because she led the charge knowing that the Budget Commission would come. In 2013, the Budget Commission ordered the supplemental tax. At that point, that was hung around Mayor Fontaine's neck, who at the time was broke. And she ran against him on the fact that he had taxed the citizens and brought in a budget commission, even though that was engineered by her. She then signed a letter asking that the city go in to receivership and bankruptcy. But on a mailer that she sends out, she says, while John Brian is declaring bankruptcy, I'm saving the city. The very city that she almost put into bankruptcy and then wanted to put into receivership and has a letter signed to do that. I only mention this because it goes to the very issue we have with this current mayor. Credibility and an utter lack of honesty. Um, I will say this. Rogers, you know, uh, the current mayor had purchased the, the Goodyear building on Social Street through an entity called Social Street Realty Holdings LLC, which was formerly known as Perfect Realty Holdings. I have here, and I'll hand this to you, this is a change of um, name of the organization signed Lisa Baldelli Hunt on the bottom. The sellers held the mortgage and the mayor defaulted on that, and that property was put into receivership and bankruptcy. Not much different than what happened to me. So once again, the current mayor is revealed as both entirely hypocritical and a total liar. Um, and I think it's sad. Uh, I have right here the description of the proceedings where it says on the docket filed against Social Street Realty Holdings, formerly known as Perfect Realty Holdings, a partnership of Lisa Baldelli Hunt. Subject partnership forced into receivership for non-payment of mortgages and taxes resulting in property not being put up uh, in property being put up for tax sale. So I look forward to a flyer being put out about. Uh, that company not paying it for its building, going into receivership and bankruptcy, uh, and going to tax sale. I'm going to go to the debate now, Roger, because I think this is really important. And these are the things I want to really get to. And I certainly don't want to run out of time because we've covered a lot of ground. <coughs> another... Um, but I do want to mention that you will be here on Monday. Uh, yes. Oh well, uh, I have another. I have another loaded topic for Monday. Okay, so, fine. so yeah. So, so, so stay tuned. Okay. Um, the debate was a debate in which I wanted to talk about the issues. The issues important to the city, and I thought that that was what the people wanted to hear. I think they should. They, you know, I would have liked to talk about the pension uh, fund, which is the worst performing pension fund in the state. Average pension funds have grown by 9%, ours by 4 We've actually lost about 14% of our value during this mayor's term, and um, nothing has been done at all. It's the worst performing in the state. But instead of talking about issues important to you, the listener, we had to talk about tangential issues such as my job history. And I want to say again, you are being lied to. Um, here are the facts. And I say this, and I want to, again lay the foundation as to the insecurity of the individual who is our current mayor. I went into Mike Anarumo's office once and he had his URI degree on the wall and he had his master's degree on the wall. And I was sitting there talking to him, nice office, whatever, and I left. I went up there about a week later and I said, Mike, what's different about your office? Did you paint or something? He said, no, she made me take down my degrees because she doesn't like that. That's the level of insecurity you're dealing with this person. 
um, who cannot deal with the fact that anyone uh, would have more education or more experience or anything more than her, even though most people in city government do. Um, so when my job history was brought up, you were lied to. So let me go backwards for a moment and say this to you. She said I was fired from GTEC. Uh, that's false. I was laid off from GTEC. GTEC, uh, I was the last person hired in the legal department. And the legal department uh, had several lawyers. I worked on uh, lottery systems in the Caribbean and Latin America. And uh, the, the woman who, who I was working under had left. I was transferred to uh, a new division. And then um, because of financial issues, rounds of layoffs happened. And I was the, the, the last person in, the first person out of the legal department. I was laid off. So that happens. I'm sure that's happened to a lot of you out there. Um, I then started a, uh, a law firm with my ex-wife, and that lasted for about five years. And when our uh, domestic partnership dissolved, our professional partnership dissolved. And after that, uh, I had... I think I lost, yeah, I lost the election in 2012. Um, and then I remember Angel Tavares had contacted me and, and asked me if I wanted to go to work for one of the best lawyers in the state, Bill Dolan. He's a friend, he's a supporter, and he would tell you um, that I was a great employee for him. I worked on a contract basis for him for a while. And then he left the firm I was at with him to go start a, a small boutique firm with some other people. And so at that point, I was a single dad, uh, two kids. I have a shared placement of my kids. And if you don't know what that means, that means I, I have them 50% of the time. And so they were very young at the time and I needed to have flexibility to be a dad. So I started a sole practitioner. As a sole practitioner, I started the Brian Law Group. And I've had... Uh, great success with that uh, and I have to tell you it's allowed me flexibility to be a dad to be a husband to uh, do the things in the community that I can do and uh, what is viewed as a failing law practice is anything but uh, by this current mayor but I wouldn't expect her to understand um, the practice of law that's out of her realm of understanding and that's okay um, now I want to get into a, a couple other issues that are important. My job history with uh, the city of Woonsocket, very early in the current mayor's tenure, she brought me upstairs with Albert Brian and said, looked right at me and said, fair or unfair, whatever he does directs, re uh, reflects directly on you. In other words, that was a threat, a threat that said, if my father crosses her, I'll lose my job. Uh, and ultimately, that's what happened. Uh, and... There was a, a fight over All Day K and a member of the personnel board that was being uh, put on. And as a result, uh, I was relieved of my duties of, as prosecutor of Woonsocket. Uh, those are always political jobs, and I'll get into that in one second. And so that's what happened there. And as far as Central Falls goes, uh, Central Falls, I was hired by Judge Flanders, the retired Supreme Court Justice who took over as the receiver in Central Falls. Gail Corrigan, his chief of staff, 
uh, and he hired me, and they did so because uh, they they liked what I was doing in Woonsocket, and they wanted a prosecutor there. And not only did I do a good job as prosecutor, but I had brought the municipal court, the housing court, to the district court uh, with Chief Judge LaFazia, which was a big deal. And um, when the receivership was over, so was my tenure, because then Mayor James Diosa came in, he brought his people in, and again, political jobs end in such a way. But just let me say this. For someone to say that I should be making a certain amount of money um, at this stage of my life shows you the value that they place uh, in life on, on themselves. And uh, uh, such, it, that, that is such an incredible to say that someone could be so uh, insecure with someone else's happiness. But I haven't talked about, um, the door was kicked open to talk about past jobs. So I haven't been bothered by, you know, the mayor is, the current mayor is, is very bothered by my past jobs. But I have not been bothered by the fact that um, she doesn't have a year of college experience. I haven't been bothered by the fact that her total life experience is having never left Winsocket and working at the post office as a clerk. I haven't been bothered by the fact that the job at the post office was so stressful that she was forced to be removed from that job on a stretcher. I haven't been bothered by the fact that because of removal on a stretcher from that job at the post office, she got a disability pension from the post office. I haven't been bothered by the fact that it's so stressful selling stamps at the post office that she somehow has been able to serve as mayor for these seven years. But what should bother you is that a nasty postcard goes out about me and my bankruptcy in my life when I am not in public service. But what's not being told is that a meeting in Cumberland between myself, her brother, Steve D'Agostino, the mayor. So there's four of us there at a closed-door meeting. Not only was it admitted that I got fired because of a political hit job, there was an apology because of it. And here's what you don't know. If I am so financially irresponsible, why did at that meeting... Why did this current mayor offer me the job as the treasurer of the city of Woonsocket? At that meeting, her exact words were, you have an MBA, you can do that job. And I said, I'm not qualified to do that job. My MBA is in management, not finance. Well, you can do it. That was against the advice of the hiring committee who had absolutely... Um, stated that Bob Phillips was the most qualified person for that role. And the answer was, he has the wrong politics. So we've been through six treasurers. But that job was offered to me in, in 2000 and early 2016. So when you get that postcard that says, how can he handle the city's finances? Why did this person offer me the job as city treasurer in 2016? You're being lied to, and you need to know that. So um, I just think that these are all very important points that need to come out. You look at our city hall. You look at who we have there. We can't keep a staff. We can't have 
directors. We can't that 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 are that are, are permanent. We have a staff of, of city hall employees that absolutely live in fear. And I say to you, good listeners, this is a call to arms for you. If you have a, a sign on your lawn for this current mayor and don't want one, step up and throw it away. If you want a sign on your lawn for me but are afraid, put one there. Call these talk shows. Talk to your friends. Talk to your family. We cannot continue down this road of being lied to, held back, living in fear, because this person, this figurehead of the city, is holding our city back. And it is time. It is time to bring leadership and vision and integrity back to City Hall. Enough of the lies, because you're not stupid, but you're being treated as though you are. And when I come back on Monday, Roger, we're going to talk about um, this quote-unquote football stadium project. So you're not going to repeat yourself on uh, on no. Monday about <laughs> there's, there's enough out there, huh? Oh, Monday will be about this football stadium project and the joke of Barry Field. And understand, people, you're being lied to. There is no stadium. There is no $2 million worth of gravel. There is no supermarket that would ever put themselves at Barry Field across the street from a supermarket, down the street from a supermarket, and down the street from a Walmart supercenter. That is not happening. That, is, that would be financial suicide. And they can't do it legally. So I will say I can't wait to talk to you about how you're being lied to and, again, manipulated for votes. Uh, I'll see you this week, and I'll be knocking on doors. And, Roger, thanks a lot. And I'm sorry to the listeners that we had to go through this. Hey, but it's not you by You've got to defend yourself, it's right? Not by, right? It's, not, it's not so much defending myself. It's telling the people of Woonsocket the truth. Mm -hmm. You deserve the truth, and you don't get it from this current mayor. But I promise, the only promise I'll make... You'll always get it from me. Thanks, Roger. We'll see you on Monday. Back in a moment, we have the uh, superintendent of schools and the school committee chair with us. There's a church nearby where members are kind and friendly. May we invite you to attend services at the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Services are now available on Facebook or Skype on the Internet. Call 658-2748 for information on seeing us online. It's a church where you can hear the gospel, believe in Christ, repent, confess, and be baptized. Join us this week for our prayer and Bible study, Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Sunday services at 1 p.m. Our sermons are understandable to grow you in faith and available online. Again, we are the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, inviting you on your journey of salvation, with services now available on Facebook and Skype. So Inside dining, outside dining, or your favorite pickup order to go from Grumpy's Restaurant, Bellingham. Open seven days a week with a great luncheon menu and a full menu from burgers to steaks to seafood to our Italian dishes and our tasty pizzas. One of the best menus in the area. Hungry tonight or today? Come on in today and enjoy the friendly service, reasonable prices, and great food at Grumpy's. Call ahead for pickup order or place a reservation to dine in at 508-883-0101. Grumpy's, 190. Pulaski Boulevard, Bellingham, Massachusetts. Grubhub delivery also available. Grumpy's will be open uh, today being Friday. They'll be open at noontime and they have a nice uh, seafood uh, menu at Grumpy's of Bellingham. Check them out. Thank you. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show.
Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, we're back to the panel, and the panel this time uh, is our uh, weekly program uh, that has worked out uh, pretty good for me uh, and I think our audience in terms of updates from the Woonsocket uh, School Department. And uh, so that's what we're going to do. Superintendent of Schools, Patrick McGee, in studio with us. Hello, sir. How are you doing today? I'm fine, Roger. Good. Good morning. How are you? Glad to hear it. You're still okay, huh? I'm, st- I'm still okay, yes. <laughs> All right. And the chairman of the school committee, Mr. Paul Boyer. Good morning, Roger. Good, Good morning, Dr. McGee. Morning, listeners. All right. Let's get an update uh, from uh, the actual uh, day-to-day school department itself. Uh, He's uh, he's there um, checking out the schools, Patrick McGee, and then we'll look at the uh, the other side of it, uh, what we call the uh, um, not political, but the school committee is the uh, functioning body that uh, sets policy. How uh, how are things uh, going with the uh, school department these days? Thanks, Roger. So things are going fairly well um, this week. We started to phase in our seniors from the Career and Tech Center, um, and that. In my conversations with uh, Jeff Gio, who is our um, interim principal, uh, as well as Bill Webb, who's the director of the Career Center, the uh, the phase-in has gone uh, very well. So I'm excited about that. You know, it, it's been our plan to try to get as many Woonsocket High School, Woonsocket Area Career and Technical Center students back as soon as possible. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm pleased with, uh, with this part of the phase. Next week, the uh, plan is to bring in our career center juniors and then the following week is to bring in our career center uh sophomore sophomores so that's going very well um you know we're, we're well into phase three uh which the the uh the most updated phase three uh part uh of the reopening plan uh was bringing back our um, fourth and fifth graders uh, in a hybrid model as well as our seventh and eighth graders and, and that's going well. One of the things that I will say that we, we're, we're starting to see is we're starting to see some, some positive uh, cases with some of our students. Uh, so when that happens, uh, we've, so far we've, we've quarantined about five or six classrooms um, to date. So, um, and that, you know, that's, again, that's something that we were expecting. You know, the, the first three weeks or so of, of, of the school year, things, you know, went really well. We didn't, I don't think we had to quarantine any classes. Um, but, you know, as, as, the, uh, as, as the cooler weather uh, comes in and, um, you know, students are, 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 you know, showing some signs and some symptoms. Um, and, you know, so we, we've had to uh, quarantine some classes. But, but again, that was, that's expected. Um, but I think that, you know, our, our schools, our staff um, continue to do a great job uh, of educating our students, whether it's uh, fully virtual, which we have many students that are still f- fully virtual, um, and uh, also through the, um, the hybrid uh, model, as well as, you know, of course, our, our self-contained students and our pre-Ks and our kindergarten students are back full-time. That's the way it's going day-to-day, um, shall we say, uh at street level, how about at the uh, the other side of the the coin, uh, Mr. Bourget? Where do you have to uh, take action as a school committee body about stuff that's happening day to day at the schools, or do you just uh, 
sit back and wait for a school committee meeting? I know, I know that was a stupid question. Do you sit back and just wait for a school committee meeting? Yeah, I, I stand uh, on the corner waiting for the bus. Uh, and hopefully uh, there's a bus driver behind it that uh, the door is open. But I can tell you that uh, the superintendent and I uh, have phone conversations nearly every day and more than once a day. And we talk about what's going on in the schools, you know, what's the impact of COVID. Uh, and, re and one of the, the biggest issue we still have is the, um, the whole issue of substitutes, of having sufficient number of substitutes uh, at our high school uh, so that we could open the high school. Uh, right now we're opening, as Dr. McGee said, he, we opened up the, uh, the Career Center, but we're looking at the high school. So we re yesterday we had a meeting with um, uh, the Department of, of Education and to see where they stood because they are they are obtaining substitutes they're training them uh they're getting them ready uh to be uh sent to the various districts and we made our case that you've got to get us we have to be right there at the top of the list you know what the rule of the squeaky wheel so we squeaked a lot we, so hopefully we we'll get some oil and we'll get some substitutes because we need around 20 to 30 of them mm -hmm. um you know so that they understand what our issue is. Um, we may be able to get some from them, I would say, by maybe the beginning of November or the end of somewhere in November. We, we're expecting to get a cadre of substitutes. And they realize uh, that if we don't get them, we're not opening the school. The high school will stay virtual. And that would be a shame, uh, especially when we've done so much work in getting the, the, the building ready, uh, making sure the edge exchange is ready. Uh, that our staff is ready to go. We've got a great hybrid uh, education plan, and now it's just sitting there. So let me get this straight. Uh, the issue a couple of weeks ago is we need substitutes. The next step was that the state created a program for training, and they're in training right now. Yes. The next step is that uh, there's a whole bunch of people out there who are, um, who are getting trained, and you want to tap that pool and make sure that we get our fair share of substitutes. Correct. And they have to be trained for high school uh, because there's a whole different training. I mean, let's face it, uh, you're training elementary. There's a, there's a whole different world in terms of difficulty of the education process and how you handle children. I mean, uh, the little ones need a lot more catering to, and you really have to work with them a lot harder than advanced students in, in high school who are in AP classes. So it's a whole different training. So we're looking for the training from the high, uh, for high school, especially high school uh, substitutes. And supposedly that is happening, but we're going to stay on top of that. Mr. Superintendent, listener asks, what does quarantine classes mean? Please, please elaborate. Sure, that's a great question. So when a child uh, or, or a staff member, but I'll, I'll just focus on, on a student um, right now, when, when they test positive uh, for COVID-19, the Rhode Island Department of Health uh, will, will reach out to the family, to the parent, and, you know, notify them that they've, that they've tested positive. The Department of Health will also conduct um, some contact tracing. Now, each, every single classroom in all of our schools, uh, our teachers have seating charts or seating plans. And those seating plans uh, have been submitted to the Department of Education so that if a child in Teacher A's classroom uh, tests positive, 
then the Department of Health has that seating chart and knows exactly what children are sitting in that classroom or in that um, pod with the child that tested positive. So what they do is then the Department of Health will reach out to the families of the students in that classroom and ask them a series of questions. They'll also reach out to the teacher in that classroom and ask them a series of questions, series of social distancing type questions. You know, how close have, have you have, have you been to that student? Was, you know, w were you wearing a mask if you were closer than six feet? Um, so that's the, that's the process that the Department of Health will follow. The Department of Health then, um, upon completion of, of, that, of those interviews, um, you know, so to speak, uh, they will make a determination as to whether or not the class or the, or the pod, um, because again, when we have the hybrid model, when you have a class of, say, 24 students, you have two groups. Of 12, uh, a group of 12 and a second group of 12. So, um, so they make the determination whether or not the, the students and the staff member would have to uh, re remain quarantined, which is 14 days. So they wouldn't be coming to school for 14 days. Um, so that's what, I, that's what we mean when we say yeah. a class is quarantined. Small state, big variations. Pawtucket, all virtual learning. Uh, Cumberland, uh, they closed down uh, a middle school building but it sounds like here in the city of Winsocket the worst we have encountered is closing down a classroom as can we uh, show the variation of what's going on within like 14 miles of each other well I gotta I gotta say this we have closed down a school uh, we've closed down the high school the high school is totally virtual because for the lack of substitutes right but it's not virus in, in really no it's not virus related it's it's a whole combination of things, but at the end of the day, we don't have teachers, we don't have substitutes. I don't care if it's virus or not. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people, because of the virus, because they have conditions, are have opted to stay out uh, under the uh, American Disabilities Act. So we've lost, what, 140-something, 149 teachers uh, in our district uh, because of the potential infection from covid so that is COVID related in my mind. And so now we need, we need the additional help so that we can open the high school. Uh, before we leave, this is not a question for Mr. Um, McGee because uh, he's a, a school administrator. It has to do with that Barry Field thing. <laughs> is that, um, um, I don't want to get in, into a, too much of a political discussion, but that Barry Field thing, is that, does the school committee still control Barry Field? Yes. And right. I just like to, you know, you see we with all these papers today. Yeah. Uh, I want to address two things, if I may. And then we'll, we'll wrap it up with an announcement uh, about the food box giveaway for our Minsaka children. Okay. But let me speak about um, the other day. The mayor had a great announcement for Wednesday, the day of the debate. Uh, so we all traipsed over to Cass Park. Uh, there was a lot of people there. There was, a, I think, every uh, person who works in the parks department was there. There were plenty of firemen, plenty of policemen all the directors of the mayor, um, and um, Dr. McGee, me, Don Burke. You were uh, there, huh? Oh, he was there. I was there. Uh, our chief of operations, <laughs> Al Notoriani, and our finance director, Brad Perrier, were there for the great unveiling, which unveiled two plans, two separate and distinct plans. One is to bring all the athletic fields to Cass Park, and we saw an incredible architect's rendering of the new, the new and proposed Cass Park. Now, what's incredible about that 
is not one of us from the school department or the school committee knew anything about this. As a matter of fact, none of us has ever been uh, spoken to or we never had a meeting to discuss the viability and the completeness of this plan. The city council, John Ward was there and uh, Dave Susi was there. But I talked to John Ward and he said he knew nothing about it. So this was the, another best well-kept secret by the mayor. It's a beautiful rendering. But you know what? It's incomplete. There are things missing. There are Maybe there are ways that that, that entire area could have been figured out. And we learned that, it, that this entire plan will be paid for by dirt, gravel, expensive gravel that, the, uh, the, that Mr. D'Agostino, in his drillings, has found that there's sufficient cubic yards of gravel to pay for the whole darn thing. Uh, hopefully he's right, because if he's not, I, at least I know that Peter Minuit gave uh, the Native Americans some beads. We're getting dirt versus beads. So I'm not sure about that. But something else that concerned me about that project we have is two what's in the to call. Go. Two to go. Two to go. Yep. Several members of the school committee, including Chairman Bourget, Vice Chair Burke, attended the press briefing. Their initial reaction to the latest plan seemed restrained. Confused was the word. Unbelievable. Know nothing about it. And, but sounds good, Burke remarked. He said that sarcastically was, yeah, sounds good. We know nothing about it. So this is sort of misquoted. Um, Barry Field School Committee still is in charge over the management of that land. And hearing uh, uh, Vice, Vice President Brian today, uh, I have the same concerns we all do. How in the world are you going to build something at Barry Field when it's all about education? We've never been consulted again. This is, it was a complete surprise. Uh, you're going to put up a supermarket there. And what are you going to do with the funds? So I got, we've got plenty of issues about the funds, and frankly, uh, we'll be, I guess there'll be, this will be a, an ordeal that will be fought out in the courts. Now, do you have an announcement for us at the end of the show here? Yeah, right all now. Right. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Is this a surprise? No, it's not. <laughs> As a matter of fact, this has been all over the place. It's been on Facebook. It's been uh, in emails. We, uh, the Woonsocket School Department, is holding a food box giveaway for our Woonsocket children. This Saturday, October 24th, from 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock at the middle school grounds, um, we know that uh, it's for the Elisha Project share market. Uh, over a thousand boxes of food will wow. be distributed, and as you you will be riding around the, uh, you'll be going around Villanova School. You'll be coming back to Hamlet, where you will pick up uh, your box and drive away. So you, it'll be safe. Uh, it'll be good. Um, this project began at first uh, some time ago where there were 6,000 boxes, but whatever reason, it dropped to 2,400 and 1,000 boxes now, which is still significant. Um, the, 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 uh, the city administration had been involved in this when we had 6,000, but when we dropped down to 1,000, it seemed like the Woonsocket School Department could handle the whole thing. Well, the mayor almost nixed the whole thing. Uh, she yelled at our folks, screamed at our folks that uh, the city logo wasn't there. Um, was this another photo op? I don't know. They, she was pulling our police detail, and this company who's handling the food requires a police detail. But thank God Dr. McGee and Mr. Notoriani spoke 
to the chief and uh, got one. deputy chief, and we've got a detail. Mm -hmm. So we'll be able to hold this important giveaway. So it seemed like a photo op was more important or uh, a note in a, in a flyer was more important than feeding our kids. So that's tomorrow at 11, right? That's tomorrow at 11. Okay. Yes. All right, thank you guys for being here. Unless you have, uh, you know, we're out of time, but uh, I don't, on the other hand, I don't want to give the bums bums show. I want to make sure that we have the information out to the public that we need to get. Thank um, you. We'll see you next week. All thank right, thank you, Roger. See thank you, next you Dr. McGee. Thank you, Mr. Borget, and we'll see you Monday. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380 WNRI Woonsocket.